the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's get this podcast broadcast started. Don't need any coffee, do you? Hopefully not. Markets were a jolt of energy yesterday. The NASDAQ was a winner. More than one half of 1%. Again, it's up 18, now 19% for the year. The S&P 500 up one third of 1%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average up uh, more like fractions, one-tenth of a percent. Checking in on the 10-year Treasury, sitting at 3.49%, which is pretty close to uh, ideal for now. Again, this will change as the years move on. Uh, In the last couple of years, when it was under 2%, 1 1.5%, the market did really, really well. When it gets up to closer to three and a half, four percent, the market struggles a little bit more. So we're we're in an okay area. Not great. Okay. What else do we have to hit? Stocks climbed yesterday. Dow finally broke a five-day losing streak as investors keep an eye on Washington, hoping that the debt ceiling talks will go as planned or get us closer to a breakthrough. That's gonna be a big part of this afternoon on the market. We saw something that is is a little bit shocking. And uh, again, we are going to have to deal with this. Consumer debt balloons to a historic high. If you've been dropping plastic a lot lately, paying for this and paying for that and paying for this on your card, you're joining the club of of debtors who are are pushing consumer debt to historic highs. I don't want to get dramatic, but it feels kind of like the Hindenburg. It feels like a big balloon of, of explodable gas. I'm not a big fan of credit card debt. I use credit cards. I pay off my debt on a monthly basis. We're seeing rising delinquency rates. We're seeing persistent credit card debt on getting by week to week. A typical first quarter sees credit card balances decline as people pay off what they overspent on during the holidays. For the first time since the New York Fed started tracking this 20 years ago, that's not the case. More debt. It's worthy of note that Warren Buffett disclosed yesterday that he's picked up a lot of shares of Capital One, a la a credit card debt company, right? Delinquency is rising. Serious delinquency, which is like um, the the drunk uncle that, that you might have of delinquency. That's when a debt's 90 plus days overdue. Um, that too is rising all the way up to 4.57% from a number of 3% in the previous year. As for credit card holders, age 18 to 29, 8.3 of balances were in serious delinquency. That's a lot. Auto loan delinquencies are higher than they've been before the pandemic. Mortgage debt increased by $121 billion in the first quarter. How much mortgage debt do you think we have? Just play a number in your head. 
Is it two trillion, twelve trillion, or twenty-five trillion? As a country, we have twelve trillion dollars in mortgage debt. Student debt saw a slight decrease, down less than one percent. But for many people, payments are still paused. Debt balances are almost three trillion dollars higher than pre-pandemic. This is not great news. Just throwing that down there for you. This is not great news. There's no sugarcoating. Debt is a problem. It cuts down on future spending. Then again, creating debt creates future spending, right? The EU likes Microsoft $69 billion deal to buy Activision, but still the Call of Duty maker. They got the green light from the EU, but they don't have it from the UK or the US. UK regulators rejected the deal last month and yesterday criticized the fixes accepted by the EU counterpart. And in the States, the FTC has sued to block the deal. They're going to have to extend that closing with giving shareholders maybe another billion dollars just to be patient. I'm not sure what the number is going to be, but if EU really wants Activision, and a lot of people are saying just walk away. In the last year, since you've been announcing that you want to buy Activision, you had some glorious things fall into your lap with artificial intelligence. And Microsoft, they've seen their shares surge, making the deal a little bit more attractive because it's a, it's not just a cash deal to buy Activision. It's a stock deal, too. Vice Media filed for bankruptcy yesterday. Uh, not great news for the Internet publishing world. Company was valued at five point seven billion dollars in two thousand seventeen. It sold itself, or it's planning to sell itself through bankruptcy to a group of debtors, creditors, 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 for two hundred twenty-five million. Vice is filing also made it one of the seven large companies to head for bankruptcy according to forty-eight hour period. So, corporate America struggling. The writer strike is dragging on, and the longer it goes on, the more likely that streaming is going to get hit. Now, the one company who's probably most immune to that would be Netflix, as far as streamers go. Worthy of note. Worthy of note. They are very much so an international studio. Netflix's Queen, of, Queen Cleopatra made the streamer's top 10 television show list yesterday. The series, which debuted last week, had a 1% audience score over the weekend on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it pretty horrible, horrible reviews. A lot of people are upset that a black British woman is playing the iconic Egyptian queen. I I save my upsetness for other things. But go be upset. Elon Musk owns Twitter, but he still can't say whatever he wants there. Federal court yesterday said that when it comes to Tesla-related tweets, he still has to go through a Twitter sitter, which is a babysitter for his tweets. Interesting. And he's getting um, subpoenaed by the Virgin Islands as part of the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking lawsuit. Someone asked me yesterday what my thoughts were on the Jeffrey Epstein trafficking lawsuit. And is it cover up or is it not? And I just. I don't go there. I, I have so much time in my day. It could be the biggest scandal in the world. It could be the small. I don't know. I know nothing. I'm in the world of stocks. If lost, find me in the world of stocks. Chocolate milk, make, chocolate milk, chocolate milk may come off the menu when the FDA, uh, USDA finalizes new guidelines for school lunches. 
that's kind of unfortunate. I think chocolate milk done right. You'll see a lot of bodybuilders uh, use chocolate milk for uh, different ways of getting the muscles to respond. But again, <laughs> am I really commenting on school lunches? I think not. But it does, again, bring up how the government is involved in capitalism. Dow Component Home Depot posted a disappointing fiscal first quarter and comp sales results and issued disappointing 2024 sales, comp sales and earnings per share guidance. For a long term patient investor, I like Home Depot. One minute. For someone looking for instant gratification, it's probably not the best. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen noted again that the extraordinary measures to pay the nation's bills could be exhausted as early as June 1. Debt ceiling, debt ceiling, debt ceiling. Will we get any breakthrough today? If not, I, I would look for the market to be upset tomorrow. Total retail sales in the United States month over month in April were up four-tenths of 1%. If you exclude autos, retails, sales were also up four-tenths of a percent month over month. Not glorious numbers. Not exactly heading straight for a recession, but not not good. You can see me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Big event coming up May 25 in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's do a little tech talk. Everyone loves a little tech talk, I think. Some interesting stories in the world of technology that some of these are some of your favorite investments. I get it. Apple's next big iPhone update lets you create a digital voice that sounds like you. Let's let that sink in for just a second. Apple's next big iPhone update lets you create a digital voice that sounds like you. You sit in front of Apple for 15 minutes and you talk to it. You talk to your phone. This is a pretty weird little thought. Suddenly your phone could start talking just like you, sounding just like you. The new technology is part of a broader suite of accessibility features, including improvements targeted at visually or cognitively impaired users. Ahead of its worldwide World Web Developer Conference, um, it's called Personal Voice. It's a feature expected in part of iOS 17. It will let iPhones and iPads generate digital reproductions of users' voices for in-person conversations and on the phone, FaceTime, and audio calls. It'll create a synthesized voice that sounds like a user. It can be used to connect with family and friends. The features aim to users who have conditions that can impact their speaking ability over time. It seems pretty creepy in a good way that I can now leave my voice to my children and my children's children in the future. I guess we already could do that, but my kids will be able to manipulate the voice now, take control of it potentially. And uh, maybe read a good uh, bedtime story to my future grandchildren that I'll never meet. Now it announced another machine learning back technology, augmenting its existing magnifier feature with a new point and speak back to detection mode. The new functionality will combine camera input, LIDAR input and machine learning to announce the text on the screen. Apple has so much money in research and development. I think both of these are pretty cool features. 
if I get to the point where I get a debilitating disease that affects my ability to talk, I, I think that's that's keeping some humanity um, when a disease takes it away from you. So that's story number one in Tech Talk. Let's do story number two in Tech Talk. A Google Cloud or the Google Cloud has launched an AI power tools to accelerate drug discovery, precision medicine. Now, Google has been not distracted, but Microsoft has got all of the AI powered tool headlines in the near term. And Google has slowly been fighting back, improving what they're presenting. So Google Cloud launched two new AI powered solutions that aim to help biotech and pharmaceutical companies accelerate drug discovery and advanced precision medicine. Red Hot AI Arms Race. Solutions also tackle the lengthy and costly process of bringing on new treatment to the U.S. market. Big Pharma's Pfizer and biotech companies, Cerevel, Cerevel, Therapeutics and Colossal Biosciences are also using the solution. So pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be dead before all these advances really hit, which is a little unfortunate. But the advances that we've seen in cancer in my lifetime are pretty fortunate. The advances that we're going to see on the cloud and sharing of information in life sciences uh, are going to be just as important in the next 10, 15 years. So Google's in the news there. Elsewhere, ChatGPT also in the news. And if you haven't really studied Sam Altman yet, he's involved in some wild projects. One is a life biosciences product project that's trying to add zero to 10 years on people's lives. He's thrown $180 million into a venture fund there. He's also been obviously tied towards ChatGPT. He's also been tied towards nuclear fusion that Microsoft plans to buy energy from him in 2027, which four years from now is not long. Did I ever think we would be able to create more energy than we throw at energy? I.e. fusion. Probably not in my lifetime, but this is a segment tech talk. So it's probably called you didn't think this was going to happen in your lifetime, but here it comes. It's a new web browsing feature for chat GPT users that will allow them access to real time information. So chat chat GPT is getting a whole lot better. And now the new version. GPT four have access to a web browsing feature that will provide up to date information. The problem with chat GPT for the web browsing information is it's subscription oriented how much are you willing to pay for search versus how much are you willing to let google throw at you in ads web browsing has the potential to be a game changer particularly in making chat gpt a promising search engine prior to the update chat gpt was limited to what it could answer as it was only trained on data up until 2021 this made it useless when it came to information or current events or real-time developments with ChatGPT's web browser, users can ask multiple specific questions like who won the Oscars for Best Actor, Soundtrack and Picture this year. The bot will summarize the answer, as well as multiple news articles it deems relevant in a matter of seconds. If it doesn't provide the desired results, a user can prompt a more nuanced answer. Uh, they're also getting access to 73rd-party app plugins like Expedia, Kayak, Instacart, OpenTable, shop uh kayak instacart i think i said that one um some of these new features will have potential to make the lives of millions of users easier 
users flock to chat bots to boost their work productivity, enhance their dating profiles, and get weight loss tips. Um, Sam Altman, he's going to be compared to Elon Musk in the next few months, quarters, years. Target's got, this isn't tech talk, and I, I should stick to tech talk, but let's do a little retail talk. Target's got a really odd return policy. Listen to this. Target's offering one-year returns on its own brand items, including the Cat and Jack uh, children's clothing. Some parents use the policy to get cash back or new outfits when their kids outgrow their clothes. While some retailers are introducing limits on returns, Target is trying to make the process easier. Kids grow fast. Your kid can grow out of a, a shirt you bought at Target with a Target brand, and you can return it within a year. This is obviously very hot on TikTok or any influencer mom. Um, One-year warranty that if your kid outgrows the clothes, whether it's stained, ripped, or whatever, they'll give you a refund. You can see the TikTok video, right? This mom goes, hey, everyone, I got some news for you on Target. So it plays instantly into the world of free marketing. Um. And you can do things like have a, a mom influencer say, I didn't spend a single dollar on back to school clothes this year. And then you go to Target and buy clothes and you also buy food and you also buy your electronics. It seems like a pretty smart move by Target. For the record, I own Target for the long term. Uh, I don't really care about any one given year. 30. I care on owning Target on how it does over a 5, 10, 15, 20 year period. Um, and it's really a retirement stock for me, more so than a growth stock. It's a wealth preservation versus wealth creation. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Event coming up May 25th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge with CFP Chad Burton. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Let's take a little bit closer look at the retail sales numbers. Consumers barely kept up with inflation is what I see. These are not great numbers. And it should be reminding you that the Fed raised interest rates for essentially 14 months aggressively, 75 basis points at a time, 75 basis points at a time, 75 basis points at a time. And until about this time next year, we're going to be dealing with that as it typically takes a long time for interest rates to play into the economy up to a year. As the numbers are not adjusted for inflation, the headline increase of up four tenths of a percent rise basically met the consumer price index. Um, On a month to month basis, we saw the CPI up Four tenths of a percent. We saw the annual numbers of retail sales up 1.6% or the CPI up 5%. We're not keeping up with inflation costs. So if things cost more and we're using the same amount of money or less, so we're getting fewer goods is the ultimate bottom line. Retail sales posted modest rebound in April, but the gain mostly reflected higher prices. And a sustained turnaround is unlikely with the consumer fundamentals turning less supportive. We've also seen a big rise in debt. We've also seen something that is worthy of note, in my opinion. Um, Consumers are beginning to pull back on durable goods spending. But what are they spending on? 
travel and eating out. This is a damnation. Companies with high exposure to discretionary purchases, big ticket items such as electronics or furniture, they may post weaker earnings. Meanwhile, those catering to necessities such as food and personal care products could still post strong results. So right now, Walmart, Dollar General, Target, and Costco are probably the most desirable names in retail. Again, if you believe in the inflation scenario that Americans are still employed, our paychecks aren't jumping as much as inflation, we're going to try to go to Walmart, Dollar General, Target, Costco to get more bang for our buck. On top of that, we're keeping cars longer, so companies like AutoZone, I know Riley Automotives likely should be able to do well. Um, many companies that have already reported earnings have echoed this sentiment. You're seeing McDonald's and Starbucks, Adidas and Crocs. They're saying a lot of headwinds for them to navigate and remain cautious on. Of which McDonald's has raised prices to the point where they're saying they're starting to see pushback on the price increases. A lot of data to consume. Uh, I try to do a lot of it for you in real time. Sometimes the analysis is a little bit better than others. But I think if you followed me for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, you've known that I've, I've steered you more right than wrong. Consumer debt is ballooning. The average monthly car payment has jumped to $729. Mortgage debt increased $121 billion, reaching a total of $12.04 trillion. Debt balances, bottom line, if you were to step back from student loan debt and auto loan debt and mortgage debt, you'd see that debt balances are almost $3 trillion higher than pre-pandemic. Now, some households are a lot more financially stable. Many of you are socking money away in cash counts, getting 4 4.5%, 5% on your money. So there is help on the way. Um, and down the road when... Well, i got to be careful I say this. Down the road when... If, is the right way of saying it, the Federal Reserve starts to lower interest rates, there could be a refinancing boom. And there could be ways of saying that, you know, there's some positives coming out. Yesterday, I did a story on getting a 55-inch 4K TV for free, telly. They're giving away 500,000 televisions. The rub is that it also comes with a second screen that's attached to it for ads. So, yes, you can look at your beautiful 55-inch screen TV. And it will be 55 inches of whatever you're watching. But beneath it, there's going to be what looks like a sound bar. Um, I think the numbers aren't lying to us. There's a lot of debt in the United States that's going to need to be serviced. There's a lot of cash sitting in bank accounts, trillions of dollars. People have pulled back investing in the stock market, which is a horrible time to pull back in the long term. But in the short term, I get it. The winners right now to me look like companies that are able to look like they're adding value to your spending. And it's names like McDonald's, Starbucks, Adidas, Crocs. Um, I would say the Walmarts, the Targets, the Costcos are pretty well positioned. Um, I did a story earlier in the show about Target and how they're, they've got some innovative marketing ideas, in my opinion. They're allowing free returns on clothes for their brand only uh, up to one year. And it could be a t-shirt that's been turned into a snot rack. Now, I don't know how real the returns are going to be, but I think that's genius because if you bring it back in, typically you don't say, where's my free clothes at? I want to do a rebate. You typically go, I'm going to go shopping for a little bit while they're doing the rebate or the return. That's maybe one of the tricks that they'll do. 
they'll make the return lines really long so that your partner goes out and picks up some items while you're standing in line to do the returns. I know, I know. That sounds a little uh, fishy, but that wouldn't surprise me. Um, let's keep moving forward. The markets are waiting for talk on the debt ceiling today. I would imagine it's going to be the most important event of the week as far as setting the tone on the market. And retail sales were, there was a big number this week for sure. I'm not uh, playing it down, but I think the tone is going to be set by what sort of environment do we have going forward? Can stocks operate in a negative tone or can they constructive? Do you see where I'm going at with that? Um, again, I want to throw down one stock idea, and this is not my idea, and this is not your idea. This is Warren Buffett's idea. He has recently raised his commitment to Bank of America, and he's also buying new stock in Capital One. Capital One is a credit card company. Um, I prefer MasterCard or Visa as a play on swipes because they're not a bank. They don't hold the debt. So for instance, I have a synchrony card I've got, which is a MasterCard, but they're the bank that services it for Verizon. So Verizon doesn't really have the the credit card exposure, the debt exposure. Synchrony does. Um, you're trying to figure out who has the exposure. It's Bank of America. So if you have a Bank of America Visa card, Visa has no no exposure. They're just in it for the higher inflation costs and the swipes when the economy improves on volume. I like what Warren Buffett is doing here. I wonder about Capital One. Then again, Capital One knows exactly what they're getting into. Every time they give a credit card to, let's say, your neighbor's daughter, who you're like, man, she's coming home with a lot of dresses and a lot of, a lot of purses and she doesn't have a job. And you're like, that doesn't add up. And she, Capital One gave her a credit card and she's going to fail with it. But Capital One also knows that me with my higher credit score have a history that's positive on figuring out ways to pay off my credit card. So like Capital One's a really good card to have if you like going to Ticketmaster concerts. Um, There's a lot of times where Ticketmaster will say, Capital One users get in free uh, one day early. I'm not really sure what Warren Buffett's doing picking up Capital One, but I can tell you historically, they've survived many, many, many recessions. And they've survived many, many, many debt crises with the consumer. I think they'll survive another is the thought. But um, Warren Buffett's no fool. 92-year-old investors over the decades played the role of rescuer to a number of institutions including the 2008 financial crisis. He has yet to emerge as a white knight for any banks in trouble in the current crisis. He made it clear at his annual shareholders meeting a couple weeks ago that he still cautious about holding many bank stock stinks, the little bank stocks. One exception was bank of America, which is one of his largest holdings. I have looked at bank of America in the past and I've never bought it. That's all I can tell you. I want to like it. I've looked at it. There's periods of times where I've regretted not owning it, but for some reason I walk away. And sometimes I guess the lesson that we're learning here is find something you're comfortable with. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Find something that you're comfortable with. 
Buffett has a long history with Bank of America. He injected $5 billion into the company in 2011. When- At the time, Brian, Brian Moynihan was still a relatively new CEO, and the lender's shares were under severe pressure due to losses from subprime loans. Um, if you want to be like Warren Buffett, he's got a lot of shares of Apple. He's got a lot of shares of Capital One. He's got a lot of shares of Bank of America. If nothing else, maybe take a look and try to understand what those three have in common. Maybe that's your homework assignment for the day. Event coming up May 25th at the Elks Lodge. It is a wealth preservation retirement income. Talks about taxes and social security strategies in good economies and bad economies, good product and bad product in retirement. You can find out more information by going to robblackshow.com and hitting events. It's robblackshow.com and hitting events. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. It's interesting how the years play out, is it not? We had pandemic shutdown. We had pandemic stimulus. Woohoo! Where a lot of Americans got cash from the government. On top of that, we ran into a scenario where the stock market surged and home prices surged in the, in the years of the pandemic. So a lot of wealth was created. Then with all this free money from the government, probably some other things as well, some supply constraints out of China. We saw inflation jump. And boy, it was not transitory. Federal Reserve wanted it to be transitory, and we wanted to believe that the Federal Reserve was right, and we were wrong. Inflation was much more aggressive than it could have been and should have been. So then we start this whole year of fighting inflation with higher interest rates. That leads to when you raise interest rates, it takes the consumer's purchasing power down in mortgages, i.e. homes, and in retail, i.e. things that we buy at stores. Um. So the inflation was persistent and interest rates rocketed up by the Federal Reserve. Globally, this has happened as well. The UK is still experiencing 10% double digit inflation. We've cut ours down to 5% on a year over year basis. But are we where we want to be? Nope. If on, if you go back 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years, if you just erased the last three or four and said, how do you feel about 5%? I'd be like, that's the most horrible number I've ever heard of. But we got up to 9% in the United States, remember? So now that we're fighting inflation with higher interest rates, that's not the only tool. It's not really a good tool. If you want to fight inflation, um, you would fire people. If the government had it their way and they could, they would you know, fire people who are spending the most money, maybe. People who are spending money in the areas where the inflation is highest. Some inflation is never really going to hit the average American. Like, let's say uh, flights to Europe this summer are averaging $1,400. Well, if you're living in Arkansas or Ohio and you don't want to leave the United States, that's not really it's hitting you. But the food prices are. You get the idea. There's nowhere to hide if you're lower income, middle income. If you're higher income, you could go, you know what? I don't really need to take that trip to Europe this year. It's interesting to watch, but again, if the Fed stopped raising interest rates in March, March, April of 2023, 
that's when we really started to slow down the interest rate hikes and we started going 25 basis points is enough instead of 75, 75, 75. When the Fed starts to slow down, add 12 months to that period of time and you're looking at early 2024 when the Fed effects will be completely in the economy and the Fed effects will make borrowing costs tougher. So this is a year of like, hmm, how do you put this? Um, slowing retail sales. First time unemployment claims are rising at not an alarming rate, but at a rate where we're starting to notice that unemployment numbers should start creeping higher. I don't think this is the world's worst case scenario in any way, shape or form. I think we still have high employment and that could create a soft landing. But then again, I've also never dealt with this many rate hikes by the Federal Reserve, seeing where we're going to be in a year from now with retail sales significantly slowing with consumer debt significantly increasing. It's not a good combination. Home Depot posted disappointing fiscal first quarter sales and comp sales results and issued disappointing 2024 sales, comp sales, and earnings per share guidance. Stocks down 5% on that news today. China posted retail sales, industrial production, and fixed asset investment data for April that was all weaker than expected. That's not great news. I was once talking to... So I got to get it right. James Baker. James Baker was on my radio show many, 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 many years ago. And um, I asked him, he was secretary of state. At one point in time, I'm like, we're talking about terrorism. And he said, you know, Rob, the best thing for terrorism is creating jobs. And if you create jobs in foreign markets like China and Turkey and Egypt and Pakistan and Indonesia, then you, you take away the misery index of people without jobs and just extreme poverty. And you take away that misery and suddenly they hate the United States a lot less. I was like, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. And I'll say, let's stick with that. And whether you believe it true or not, let's just say China's retail sales slowing down isn't a good thing. We want all countries to do okay. Now, of course, we want our country to be number one. USA, you. No, 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 I'm not going there. Um, we also have this debt ceiling issue that I'm tired of talking about it. You're tired of hearing about it. Uh, President Biden is going to meet with members of Congress today at 12 Pacific time, lunchtime, but he's doing it at three o'clock their time and they're going to discuss the debt ceiling. If they don't come out with, uh, we're starting to unwind the gridlock. We're starting to open up to new ideas. Uh, we got some things that we could compromise on. Both sides need to come out of this looking like a winner or at least perceived in sound bites looking like a winner. If they come out of it and they go, we hate each other's guts and we're not talking ever again, market's going to have a bad day tomorrow. And since it's three o'clock, it could still have a bad last hour, right? Retail sales are not adjusted for inflation. So the key takeaway from the report that we saw today is that total retail sales were up in April due primarily to price increases and not as much as to increased demand. Again, if you're seeing only good news, the S&P 500 doing great and the NASDAQ doing great, you're missing the point. Now, with that being said, I want to I come back and be positive one more time. The stock market will start moving before the recession is over and the recession hasn't started. Have you ever noticed there's words like recession, recession that makes you sound drunk every time you say it? I hate those words. The words that throw me the most are um, pharmaceuticals. When you're trying to say the scientific name of a drug, why do they do that to me? 
I get Ozempic. That's an easy one to say. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up March. Nope. May 25th. May 25th. Less than 10 days away. You can still sign up. It's Income and Wealth Preservation. CFP Chad Burton. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up robblackshow.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. So set aside Thursday evening, May 25th, and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. This event will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or are in retirement and have at least 500000 in investable assets, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, May 25th, 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the sign-up fee. chadburton.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.